0: Hello, and thank you for tuning in to our Why We Are Vegan podcast interview series entitled Why We Are Vegan. Each week I'll be posting one to two interviews I've had with inspirational vegans around the world who are walking their talk. Each of my guests share their personal vegan journey and insights they've gathered along the way. You are about to listen to my interview with Lisa Gawthorne, athlete, author, and entrepreneur. She has been vegan for over 17 years. Hello, Lisa speaking. Hey, Lisa, it's Gabrielle. Hey, Gabrielle, how are you? I am great. Happy days. Yeah, well, welcome to the new year and thank you for taking time to chat with me. Lisa, tell us a little bit about yourself personally.
1: I'm Lisa Gawthorne, and everything that I do has the heart of animals um, at the centre of, of everything that I think about and everything that I act with and act upon. Um, always been a massive animal lover, and everything that I do really has animals at the, at the centre of what I do. Mm-hmm.
0: And what do you currently do professionally?
1: Professionally? Um I am co-founder and managing director of a vegan distribution company called Bravura Foods. And we are the UK's leading distributor of uh, worldwide brands that are vegan into the UK marketplace. And we also make uh, and manufacture some vegan brands ourselves um, across confectionery, um, impulse snacking products and soft drinks. Everything we do is vegan and we work with Um, big leading organizations like Veganuary and the Vegan Society to ensure that we're doing the right things for our target market.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And what are your aspirations for the future, Lisa? Aspirations for the future, business-wise, I think we want to do, well, I
1: certainly want to do more of what we do and do it on a bigger, better scale um, because it's really satisfying being able to take products to the market that vegans are, are not only looking for but they actually enjoy and then they come back and repeat purchase mm-hmm. so I think business success to a certain level but my wider macro goal is to open up my own animal sanctuary at some point in time and um, because that's been something that I've wanted to do since being very very young and I really do think that that is something that will make my heart and soul
0: and mind glow Oh, absolutely. If you were in a room filled with a dozen kindergartners, how would you share with them why you are vegan in your own words as if speaking with them?
1: I would basically try and take the softer approach, um, but also informative approach by letting them stay and trying to explain um, in a communicative manner that Every being is the same, and we all should be subject to the same rights. So, whether your your eyeballs are in the the back of a skull that's surrounded by fur, or whether they're in um, a skull that's surrounded by skin, it's all the same thing. We all have a beating heart, mm-hmm. and we all have the right to be cared for um, and to be treated with respect.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, I think you'd have them uh, their rapt attention. <laughs> <laughs> What made you decide to become vegan? What tipped the scale for you to go all in?
1: I have been vegetarian since age six, which is quite an early age to turn vegetarian. Um, But I turned vegetarian at that early age because of a leaflet that came through the door from a local animal rights group um, that made me see and understand the connection between animals and um, food. Mm -hmm. Um, And once I'd made that connection, I actually said to my parents, um, I don't want to eat that food anymore. Please don't put it on my plate. And that was a, a little bit of a battle of wills for a few weeks before they realised <laughs> she's actually not eating her food. Uh, we're going to have to go and look for something else. Um, so I was vegetarian from that very early age of, of just understanding. I had a cat in the house, and I viewed the cat on the same level as a cow in a field. Um, so I um, made that, that that change at a very early age. But I always wanted to go vegan. Um, and I was just, I think, if I'm being honest, I was pretty much there it was I would say it was 80 to 90 percent vegan most of my life because it didn't have cheese mm-hmm. um and, and it didn't have much dairy at all um so it was really about cutting those kind of things out and, and making sure that there was enough alternatives uh, for me to to be able to get particularly from a sports and fitness side of things so uh, back in 2003 I felt that you know the last thing for me to cut out at that point in time was products that contained eggs in them so it may have been biscuits or cakes at the time um, that was the last thing for me to cut out so it was kind of like a even though that was my cut-off date and everything was finally 100% vegan I was virtually living it for, for many years prior to that um, by minimizing or, or eliminating as much dairy,
0: dairy as possible what does being vegan mean to you personally
1: it means so much actually, so much more than just the food that isn't on my plate um or the milk that isn't in my um cup. It actually means a lot more because to me it's a, a full blown way of life, i.e. it is down to the clothes that I decide not to wear, the materials I decide not to have in things that I use. Mm-hmm. Um and it, it it's it means that it's a considered way of living, but it's an ethical way of living. And for me it's the kindest and most compassionate way of living with many many benefits not only to the animals of the world and the planet and the environmental kind of factors but also to your own personal health um, so it's always been a very much a win-win situation that, that i viewed it as and one that's extremely
0: positive mm-hmm. absolutely please share how you continue to benefit from being vegan physically emotionally and spiritually
1: Physically I would have to say that um, first of all I have become faster as a runner and as a cyclist over the years and um, being on a, a vegan diet um, mm. I've become stronger lifting heavier weights in the gym um, than ever before every year that goes by I get stronger fitter and faster I've PB'd in all my distances um, I actually run for um, a local club um, I also run for a county club and um, you've run for the UK's biggest um, running group called Vegan Runners as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, over the years, I've ended up winning county vests, country vests. I've run for my age group in in England, represented England for my age group. And I'm also currently on Team GB for uh, my age group in a sport called duathlon, which is run, bike, run rather than run, bike, swim. So physically, it's been monumentally a game changer for me, um, I feel that it's given me a lot of recovery. Um, It's helped my muscles grow and repair quicker than certainly what I would assume and see what my counterparts are subject to. Mm -hmm. Um, It's helped me become um, definitely faster, definitely stronger. So I think from a physical point of view, and also my sleep really has has improved as well, which also helps with the physical as well, because I think, you know, if you've got better sleep, you can do a lot more. So I think physically it's been an absolute obvious, you know, out there, Um, effect that it's had uh, in many many areas Mm -hmm. emotionally i think emotion wise um it's made me feel a much stronger and more confident character um because i'm so sure of my direction i'm so sure that i feel the direction is is one that's not only right for my heart and soul but it's also right for a much bigger community and in fact the majority of the human race Um, And I think that because I've got that strong emotional bond with animals and have done all of my life and put them literally at the forefront of every decision that I do in life, Mm -hmm. I think that it's just what it's an emotional state of being comfortable, being comfortable and confident that I feel that I'm doing the right thing and I feel that I'm doing the right thing that I was born to do um, and that I've got that right place in society um, as a key opinion leader, as as a public speaker um, social influence of whichever one you want um, to say to help also spread uh, the emotional connection to others and let them see that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, I would say that I have become, um, the nature that surrounds us, how grateful we should be, and how we shouldn't take anything for granted from the trees that grow in the, my local forest to every grain of sand that's on the beach. It's all here, it's all here for a reason. Um, and I feel a little bit more say, spiritually connected with me as a person having a spiritual purpose. I often say to people that perhaps in one of our previous lives if people believe in that I was an animal or some kind of animal heart uh, because I feel such a connection to animals that quite honestly is quite difficult to try and put into words with nine times out of ten people that you would speak to Mm -hmm. Um, and I do feel that I'm on the planet for that reason to kind of let people see that connection and let people see that they too can to make that connection for the greater good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely.
0: Lisa, how do you define a vegan lifestyle?
1: It's a definitive way of living that doesn't involve any cruelty at any point um, in your in your life. So that is literally down to the food and drink that you decide to have on a daily basis to the clothes or materials that you choose to um, emit from handbag shoes uh, you know any other clothing items Um, and also just making sure that hopefully anything that you do hasn't involved any um, exploitation of animals during the 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 process of that product or service Mm -hmm. um, or object you know becoming into your own hands so really trying to live a cruelty free lifestyle that has uh, the absolute minimum or no impact whatsoever um,
0: on any animal on Earth. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Tell me a little bit about your your vegan lifestyle. Uh, a week in the life of Lisa. I,
1: th- I think that being vegan and, and being vegan for quite a number of years um, puts you in. Put you in a, a position where a lot of people come to you for advice, mm-hmm. and because people are constantly coming uh, to you for advice, whether it's how to train or what kind of things to eat or what things, what kind of clothes aren't vegan, etc., it makes me want to constantly be alert of everything. So I feel that I'm a bit of a beacon of news. Mm-hmm. Um, people that are vegan curious and I think that a lot of my actions in life particularly with regards to what I share on social media or when people meet me and they they ask questions I do try my utmost to completely be up to date with what's happening in the marketplace what's happening out there in the field so that I can tell people a how easy it is Uh, to go vegan now and it's never been easier to go vegan than than it is Mm -hmm. right now because we're all so spoiled by the 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 huge amount of choice that's out there and b how great it's going to make them feel once they've made that transition um so i think that that's i kind of do view myself as a little bit of an information beacon Mm -hmm. um and that because of that that's like a self-fulfilling prophecy i then endeavor to keep up to date with everything that's going on every new plant-based launch every new vegan launch every new designer that's brought out a new vegan bag whatever it designer and Uh, very high-class outfits, I can tell her that Stella McCartney's got a great range of, you know, vegan handbags. If it's a guy that trains at the gym and is worried about losing his muscle, I can tell him that, you know, pound for pound, uh, plant-based protein is much healthier for him. And it's not going to mean that he's losing his muscles and that, you know, I can help devise meal plans. So I do try and cover off all corners and probably do think of myself as that kind of metaphorical vegan information beacon, really, Mm -hmm. um, to try and help other people. Um, And also because of that, on on the back of that, it helps me in my journey because I evolve and I get to learn new things and I get to take new things into my shopping basket and think about things in different ways and enjoy the fact that the market is growing.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. It's still doing that intermittently. And as you're answering questions, I'm thinking, okay, is that worth asking her to say it again? I do have to ask you to clarify something. It sounded like you you said pound for pound animal protein is better, and it might have been because it cut out. So would would you mind repeating that statement or the, the way you meant intended it?
1: Yeah I was just saying that if uh, if a guy uh, asks me or he's got a problem thinking that he's going to lose his muscular definition by changing over to a vegan diet you know I can actually prove to him that pound for pound uh, plant-based protein is better with regards to all of the health connotations and the the health benefits that go with it with regards to lower cholesterol lower fats and that People have been brainwashed in the past to think that meat-based protein, animal-based protein is the only way when there's lots and lots of successful uh, plant-based and vegan athletes out there now. And even in bodybuilding um, that are coming out and showing you that that's not the case and that you can actually get by and actually flourish and win trophies and win, uh, you know, all kinds of world placements for for being on a vegan vegan protein
0: diet. Mm Mm-hmm. What is most important to you about living a vegan lifestyle? If you had to kind of wrap it all up and preach it, sister. (laughs) The most important thing is to try and get across
1: to people who necessarily aren't vegan and who who might be a little bit edgy or negative about it, um, is trying to communicate to them in a way in which is not confrontational, um, but lets them see the greater purpose and the greater planet it's the best thing you can do for animals it's the best thing you can do for your health the environment there's so many different things water usage world hunger um you know i could go on and on climate change so i think that it's been scientifically proven on on a number of occasions now that it is the single best thing that you can do as a human being on this planet with regards to reducing your impact on climate change Mm -hmm. and certainly what i will say is that talking to people on the levels of climate change or personal health seems to resonate with them, although this is quite frustrating for me, (laughs) seems to resonate with them more so than talking to them about animal welfare. Um, And a great example of this would be the Game Changers. Mm -hmm. So the Game Changers documentary that came out on Netflix yep. um, after uh, after you know, previewing and showing it on Netflix, I was inundated with people saying, right, I want to go vegan. I need all your help. What do I do? Where do I go to buy the products? When we're going to eat, etc." Yet these people have been in my social circle for 10, 15 years mm-hmm. and I've never, ever wanted to talk about it. And I've always been very um, promoting on animal rights, animal welfare, and it's never really struck a chord with them so i would say that it seems to be somewhat disappointingly but but there we go it's one of those things still helping the greater good of more people turning vegan it seems to be that if you talk to people on the levels of personal health or climate change they do seem to get it and they do seem to want to change mm-hmm. but you'll also meet people that are genuinely uh, very caring and and have got that caring gene to them that also resonate very well with, uh, you know, animal cruelty. And I think social media has a massive part to play in this because on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram now, you know, there's not a day goes by where I don't see some kind of video of animal cruelty, a cruelty-free alternative and making their lifestyle more cruelty-free. So I would say it's it's about a delicate balance of trying to communicate in a non-confrontational way and to those who don't seem to get it, and don't seem to understand the connection you have with animals, then uh, the fallback for me is certainly to to play down the roots of climate change and personal health. Mm -hmm. And that tends to get them across the line.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so true. Lisa, (laughs) what do you wish more people understood about the benefits of being vegan or about living a vegan lifestyle in general?
1: I wish that there wasn't this old myth that seems to still rear its ugly head every now and again. Uh, Where people think vegans are going to be weak, they're going to be ill, they're going to be subject to poor immune systems, or um, they're going to have any inability to to do well in sports or all these camps, which is just absolutely not the case, never has been the case. Mm -hmm. And certainly, Um, Again, citing the game changes, you only have to look to the plant-based athletes that are in that and also plant-based athletes that weren't featured in it because there's so many, there's there's hundreds of high-profile vegan A-listers across sports, across the music and and entertainment industries that have all decided to go vegan, which is great for the movement. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, I think that um, with regards to the future and the, the movement of the overall kind of vegan movement um i think that because there's been a lot of positivity i'm hoping that and i can see the first signs of this that that kind of starts to put down some of those old fears you know even today i i'll put up a, a, a tweet on twitter and i i will occasionally get the the, the odds troll that will come up and encounter that kind of minority of negativity um, and ill ill-informed responses Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I'm here to to basically use my three platforms as an athlete, as an author, as a business owner and as a successful business owner as well. We're one of the fastest growing businesses in the UK so you know we're actually doing very well in what we do. It's not just me saying oh I do it because I love it but I do it because I love it and we're also very successful at it. Mm -hmm. So I think that if I could change one thing it would be this this old school myth that vegans are kind of subordinate with regards to what they can achieve and how they're going to be health wise because it's absolutely the opposite it's like a secret power mm-hmm. i call it my secret power and that's what i say to other athletes that come to me and they say my god you were right you know what i'm I'm throwing out pbs better than i've ever thrown out before and you were so so wonder woman or superman um because you know you've got all of those extra health benefits so so yeah that's, that's a bit of a, str- a frustration, but something that I do believe will start to
0: eliminate over the coming years. Absolutely. Is there anything you wish more people would have a conversation about around veganism?
1: I think that people tend to just assume when you say you're vegan um, that... You know, you you, again, it goes down to, oh, right, okay. you you go out and you hug trees and you wear sandals and you're (laughs) happy. And I think there there is that old stereotype um, and there's nothing wrong with that kind of person at all. But there's an old stereotype that, that believes, oh, God, that's the kind of person that you are. I can't have a proper conversation with you. Mm hmm out there in sports in athletics in business in oh, every different industry that that I can think of, so I think that I would rather when people meet me and uh, find out that I'm vegan um that they kind of they kind of look at it as a positive and not like, oh, right, I'm quite surprised that you've got a business behind you that succeeds and you've written a book and that you're, you know, a successful athlete. I'm quite surprised you've managed to do all that on, on a vegan diet. Instead, I'd rather, they were like, wow, it all makes sense, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Makes sense because you're on a plant-based or you're on a vegan diet. And I think that that's, uh, that's something that would be great if if it was received that way rather than being quite surprised. Absolutely.
0: Listen, when you hear excuses from someone about why they couldn't go vegan, do you feel you're able to change their perspective with what you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I get that a lot, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And within the first few seconds of someone saying, I can't go vegan, I have an image in my head straight away. I have an image of, well, I can see it. I can see the cruelty that pigs are subject to at farms. And I can see the tears coming down their little faces mm-hmm. and I can see the cows that are shaking on the kill floor. And, you know, I see all of that and I only have to just put it back to them and say, but imagine a life like that. Imagine if it was your child, if it was you, if it was your parent, if it was whoever, imagine how horrifying that would be. And what, the the fact that that's an animal that's subject to that versus ourselves is no no more different. It's the same crime. It's a crime that shouldn't be committed and... I'm firmly a big believer in this, that the future generations will look back at meat eaters as the most barbaric, cruel people, because there's no reason now, there's no reason why we should be doing it. We've got perfectly acceptable alternatives. Mm -hmm. We've got healthier alternatives. We've got price isn't an issue anymore because we've got all of the supermarkets bringing out their own labels as well. So we've got the value there. We've got the choice. Mm -hmm. We've got the availability. And why wouldn't you take something that tastes even better than what you're currently tasting or at least on a par but doesn't involve any cruelty? And I think if you go down that avenue, it does make people think and often, more than not, they don't want to think about those sad things and they don't want to see those visions of the sad animals in the slaughterhouses but they are the things that people need to understand so that they can say, right, okay, I'm playing a part in this because if I'm demanding... Um, a burger each week then that's helping push the demand up globally Mm -hmm. across the world Um, and that every person does have a massive impact a massive massive impact you know they say that uh, a vegan person can save between 90 and 100 animals per year I mean that is fantastic to know that you can do that and again saying that kind of thing to people and letting them know that you know, kind of eradicating any excuse to not do it. The old excuses used to be there's nothing good that tastes nice out there. Well we we can all prove that wrong now with all of the beyond meat
0: mm-hmm. burgers, the
1: impossible burgers and everything else. The other excuse was that it's too expensive. Well again it's not now because the available mass availability of it, especially with regards to cheaper alternatives in the supermarkets, has proven that wrong. Um and the other one was well it's not available anywhere. Well you know I I can go to my local spa which is 400 metres down the road, and I can buy in there vegan yoghurt. I can buy vegan milk. I can buy vegan cheesecake. I mean, uh-huh. it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. So there's, there's there's no more excuses. Um, you know, the time of excuses has gone. There's just no more place for excuses. So I normally take that and I go through it methodically to, to eradicate those excuses and try and bring it back to an emotional connection to the unfairness of animal slaughter as well. Oh, that's
0: beautiful. Lisa, how do you feel about mainstream coverage of animal cruelty, environmental concerns and the like via social media as well as news outlets?
1: I think social media has been brilliant for the vegan movement without a shadow of a doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that also the rise in in documentaries uh, like What the Health, um, Cowspiracy, Game Changers et al., that's been great as well. But what I would have liked to have seen more of is... Uh, coverage in the mainstream press. Um, You only get to see small articles every now and again and obviously I will say throughout January Veganuary we have seen a lot more because there's been a lot more brand new products available on the UK market like the vegan sausage roll and the vegan steak bake Mm -hmm. in Greg's. Um, but I would like to see more of it actually in mainstream press and that it shouldn't really come down to animal charities having to share it with other animal lovers who then they're hoping will share on their timelines. I think that they should all be given a share of space in the national press. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, what, not everybody wants to read every day on Kim Kardashian or, you know, <laughs> the prince and a princess of of UK, whatever it may be. Some people want to also read about other things that are going on in the world. And I think that press associations should get very wise to that. And I do believe there should be columns, weekly columns or even daily columns that allow animal charities to come forward and expose the terrible cruelty that's happening in the meat and dairy trade. Unfortunately, because a lot of these big businesses are tied together and, There's backhanders that go uh, from business to business and people are worried about the death of the farming industry. I don't think we'll ever see that. But if you could have a compromise to at least see some of that, I think that that would be really useful because my, my parents, they're not on social media, so they're not exposed to anything that I'm exposed to. In the Daily Express, how come they're not showing this in the Daily Mail? And how come it's not on BBC News? And it's a good, good point. Why aren't they? Um, I don't feel that it gets a decent amount of share. And I think that it relies on social media and documentaries, which really are still very effective. But they're almost like a a backdoor entry, whereas they should be given full entry to be able to contribute to the press on every level and be given some share of that voice rather than feeling that they've got to save all the stories for, for social media. Mm hmm.
0: So along those lines, what questions would you pose to the mainstream to move the conversation to what you feel is most important to understand about the global benefits of veganism?
1: I would be very blunt and I would ask, why isn't a lot of what we know covered in the mainstream press? Mm -hmm. Why isn't it on the six o'clock news? Why isn't it on... Uh, the 10 o'clock news why isn't it on sky news why isn't it in bbc news why is it not in the daily mail the daily express what is the reason i would really like to dig down into the reason for understanding why some of these amazing things that happen where you hear of um, a terrible uh, slaughterhouse hogwood farm would be one of them that viva the charity got involved with and rescued a lot of pigs and saw a lot of terrible things including Pig cannibalization, um, you know, terrible kind of death and decay, awful conditions. Well, I feel that that they what they did was an amazing feat, and, and that they managed to get that closed down. But it was all through protesting or social media, and I don't really feel that they had the kind of media attention in the mainstream press that they deserved and that's one example there's 50 to 100 of these going on day in day out mm-hmm. and i would ask why aren't they being given a share of voice because what they're doing is really really
0: valiant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how do you feel about the use of self-identifiers such as smegan partially vegan flexitarian and the like there are so many different terminologies
1: uh, as to, to, to what people class themselves as. And, uh, you know, we, we could go on forever with mm-hmm. how to categorize everyone. But what I will say is, irrespective of whether you're octo-vegan, you're lacto-vegan, you're semi-vegan, you're flexitarian, you're, you're reductarian, whatever you want to call it, I think that all of it is good for the movement because all of it shares the similarity of reduction in meat and reduction in dairy Mm -hmm. um so um i don't get too caught up on it um i think that um as long as people are really trying to eliminate uh meat and fish and dairy from their diets in some way shape or form it's got to be a good
0: starting point and it's got to be something that we applaud Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how do you feel about the phrase plant-based being used today by companies of all kinds for meals textiles home goods accessories personal care or other products that are not in fact vegan
1: oh if the companies can prove that they're plant-based then that's great Um, But there is a lot of controversy out there about this Mm -hmm. um, because a lot of people get confused between the two, uh, particularly the the crossover between plant-based and vegan. I myself have probably mentioned it a number of times in this interview, but I've done that to be able to appeal to both audiences. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's sneaky. I think it's sneaky if, if companies are going down that road, I think it's sneaky for the new new plant-based and new vegans who are a bit confused over what's what. I think for some of us that have been vegan uh, for a long time, we're, we're kind of well-versed in the art of being able to look at the back of a packaging uh, and say to ourselves, right, okay, this isn't actually suitable for us because it contains X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that there is a phenomenal amount of people that are trying to jump on the whole plant-based bandwagon and um, trying to stick it on every single thing, uh, whether it was originally plant-based or not. So I do think it's something that, that does need some kind of regulation, if I'm being honest, and does need some kind of
0: um, you know, advisory board that, that can kind of control that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know you're out there in the limelight and uh, via athletics, your business, etc. But I'm just wondering, what vegans do you personally respect and keep tabs on?
1: I really look up to Nima Delgado. Um, so he's uh, one of the the, change, the game changers. Um, he's the IFBB um, bodybuilding mm-hmm. uh, champion. He's a great guy, and uh, his uh, his girlfriend is also vegan. She's called Bianca, and she does a lot of the uh, the vegan fitness meals. That they're very very um, important and, and a great couple to look up to because everything that they do in their life is vegan um i also look up to heather mills mm-hmm. um in the uk i think what she's been doing with the company v bites is fantastic um and the fact that she's now got this northern powerhouse uh, situated up north and she's allowing other smaller vegan manufacturers to to use their plants to uh, produce products i think is fantastic and has been awesome uh for the overall uh, vegan movement mm-hmm. um And athletics wise, I think Morgan Mitchell um, from an athletics wise has got a real good attitude and has got some good successes behind her. And again, I, I do look up to her, but there's so many, that's just three that come off the top of my head. There's so, so many out there that I really do kind of get daily inspiration from. That's awesome.
0: What's the most difficult decision along your vegan journey that you've ever had to make?
1: most difficult decision was probably saying no to a job that I knew I could do um, with a very, very big company and would have been a game changer in terms of my career. But because um, I was very meticulous on doing my due diligence, um, they had involvement in some way, shape or form with uh, the meat trade, um, although it wasn't very obvious in the the department and category and part of the business that I would have been working in. Mm -hmm. And I, I turned that that offer down because of my morals and I'm still proud to do that this day and a lot of people think I was mad to do it at the time and it was difficult because it would have been really good for me to do Um, but that initial period of difficulty and and doubting and thinking am I doing the right thing was soon erased by the fact that I thought well this is me, this is Lisa, this is who I am and I live on my morals and I live and die by those
0: morals so it is what it is and we've got to move on from it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lisa, to sum of our time together, in one sentence, please tell us, why are you vegan? Because I love
1: every single animal in this world, and the thought of any harm being done to any animal breaks my heart into a thousand pieces. Mhm. Mhm. Is there anything you'd like to discuss that hasn't been asked today? Take as many angles as possible to try and inspire others. I started off as a vegan business owner um and i kind of i've got that kind of entrepreneurial vegan business owner stroke woman in business kind of uh figurehead look so to speak but i've also done other things to try and reach other areas so obviously i wrote uh, a vegan health and fitness book back in 2007 called gone in 60 minutes Mm -hmm. um and i deliberately did that and got that onto amazon because i thought that was a, a really good way in which to let other people know the shortcuts that you can take and the the big kind of changes you can make in your life. Um, And then obviously I've added other things to that with regards to being quite a prominent vegan athlete. Um, I've been on the news this year, last year talking about the vegan market. Um, I've talked to most of the uh, publications in the UK about the vegan market as well. So I think what I've tried to do over the years is cover all bases. So I can talk to someone as a sports person. I can talk to them as a, as a press person I can talk to them as an author or I can talk to them as a business owner Mm -hmm. to let them see that, you know, you know, veganism does not hold you back. If anything, it's been the catalyst and the the thing that sprung me forward in life and the thing that's given me attitude, edginess and passion in everything that I wanted to do. And passion being the key word. I do everything in life because of the passion of animals.
0: That's beautiful, Lisa. Well, thank you for uh, taking time. To speak with me today and to share your views and your vegan lifestyle. Absolutely. Lisa, take care, and thank you so much for what you do, and I look forward to speaking with you again soon. My pleasure. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. We hope you've enjoyed this interview. Find out when the next episode of this enlightening and thought-provoking interview series is available by following Why We Are Vegan on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. The ID for all three is Why We Are Vegan. We're also on YouTube and iTunes. You can visit our free resource site, whywearevegan.org, for podcasts you may have missed and links to all our social media. Take care.